0: Welcome to episode 190 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, I, right before we got on together, was looking at Instagram, one of my way too favorite hobbies <laughs> but on the speech therapy side of instagram i saw that our friend um tara Rill at uh speechy keen slp is right. at ces this week in las vegas which is the consumer mm-hmm. electronic show i believe yeah. <laughs> is what it yes. stands for and uh um, i know that she came to asha this year and shared a lot of neat tech that she had seen there so um I- check out her stories and posts for that but I just wanted to mention too just the how cool it is to see technology in other areas impacting us in speech language pathology I know yeah. like we can think I feel like the iPad is one of the big ones that it used to be every family had to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get a dedicated speech output device and now mm. everyone can have it I mean they're still Sometimes thousands of dollars, right. but a lot more accessible for families now. And um, I know that I, a couple of years ago, I went to the National Broadcasters Association Conference and saw a lot of cool tech that could mm-hmm. impact our field. So I just think when we think about technology in our field, sometimes we have to look outside of our field and go search for technology and then have you know, the input and the advocacy to say, okay, now how can you make this work for our field and what we're doing?
0: A hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. And I think we've, we've touched on some of this in the past and I you and I have had different conversations about this too, but uh, yeah, I think for us as SLPs, we have to, you know, certainly AAC is very important, right? But uh, and we want people to be well trained and in, in, in doing AAC and delivering those services. But there's so much more in terms of technology that's mm-hmm. available mm-hmm. and how we can integrate it uh, mm-hmm. into how we serve the children and adults that are on our caseloads. Yeah, just beyond so beyond just telepractice, but also how we can incorporate some of those other technologies into telepractice. And that's what right. I think is going to be the next frontier.
1: Yeah. It's- yeah. And um, I saw recently um Stacy Krause posted that she did a survey of people in her that get her newsletter. And it was something like sixty percent of SLPs say that they're using some sort of technology every day. And that's not just people that are doing telepractice. I think you know we're much more likely now to like grab an iPad, use a smart screen, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. use projectors, and all of that to reach our kids where they are, instead of um, just thinking about oh, I'm going to print out a paper, sure things like that. So even though the governor of Utah decided he would try to ban cell phones from every school. (laughs) <laughs> I think oh, that it's something that we're way better off embracing and teaching them how to use appropriately than we are sticking our heads in the sand and pretending that it doesn't exist.
0: I agree 100%. Uh, and I think there's lots of problems with that from a safety perspective yep. uh, and in other things. Yeah, yep. do, do we want kids on their cell phones in the middle of the class? In no. The other, in, no. Yeah. So we have to limit that and there have to be policies and rules in the school. But banning them, I think, is a step too far. Yeah, uh, and this is the bigger point of how do we, agree. like you're saying, how do we integrate this into how they can use it and be better communicators with it rather than yep. trying to control it. Yep. So, yes, good old, good old Utah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we love, We love Utah. We do. (laughs) (laughs) So who do we have on today? We have uh, Adrienne DeWitt uh, is joining us, and she's going to talk to us about um, some aspects of the company she works for and uh, also uh, talk about going from one setting into transitioning into doing telepractice and what that's kind of about and what she's learned along the way.
1: We want to congratulate Presence for reaching the incredible milestone of six million remote evaluations and teletherapy sessions. Presence is a pioneer in special education and mental health teletherapy, and they're making a real impact in solving the national shortage of school clinicians with nearly 10,000 pre-K to 12th grade schools supported across the nation. At Presence, they're on a mission to empower schools and clinicians by breaking down the traditional barriers to success through their elevated approach to teletherapy. As a trusted partner and advocate for clinicians since 2009, Presence offers its large community of teletherapy providers access to an award-winning platform with assessment and therapy materials, continuing education, and networking opportunities to help them succeed. Through ongoing clinically led resources and support, Presence is meeting the needs and creating career opportunities for clinicians today, wherever they are. Presence is teletherapy elevated. Learn more at presence.com.
0: Adrian, welcome to the podcast. Can you share more about your background, please?
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm Adrian DeWitt. I am an SLP. I've been an SLP for the past, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the past 12 years. Um, So I was interested in speech pathology. Well, originally I was going to be an art major and that was a no-go in my family. So I started looking into other (laughs) avenues (laughs) Uh and I went to uh, Rutgers University and I was a linguistics major and I was wondering how I can parlay my Passion for linguistics into a career, and I mm-hmm. had uh, received speech services as a kid. I am a tongue thruster, uh, <laughs> so I had really, really fond memories of um, being in speech as a kid. And I was like, "Oh, great! This can be a fantastic career." So, I graduated with uh, undergrad in linguistics and psychology, and then I went on to Montclair State. Uh-huh. Um, an excellent program there. I had some superb mentors and uh, great uh, experience there, specifically with the clinical side, Um, really made me into, uh, I say, a pretty effective clinician. Um, So from there, I went to where I had my pediatric externship. I went um, to a school-based setting and I was there for six years, mostly with um, language and learning disabled students and a couple of speech-only students, um, a lot of fluency cases. I'm one of those SLPs that loves fluency. So <laughs> uh, I had a really good time with those students. In addition to that, I had done some outpatient clinic work as well. Um, and then after a couple years, I was just looking for another way that I can explore my Cs. And so I went into educational publishing um, at Super Duper, and I did yeah. that for many years. And um, when the pandemic hit, I was asked to um, do some work creating materials for um, telepractice. And that's how I started researching and um, where my passion lied with telepractice. And that's where that all started. So I started doing a lot of research there. And then I really wanted to work remotely myself. So I looked for other positions that were available and I came across Stepping Stones Group. And mm-hmm. I just love their passion for telepractice. I was really uh, impressed with the fact that they've been in telepractice for over 10 years. And it's not just something that popped up overnight during the pandemic. And right. they believe in this program through and through. And I have a passion for it the same way that I do. And so for me, it's a good fit. And um, I say this all the time because I've been on the other side of a recruiting call. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure that other people don't have uh, the same experience that I had in some of those calls. So um, I need to be able to sleep at night being an SLP working as a recruiter. And I don't think I'd be able to work anyplace else other than stepping stones. And I can say that pretty confidently. So yeah, that's how I ended up here.
1: That's a, that's a big endorsement because we've uh-huh. all had those. You know, oh. calls, emails, everything, <laughs> and yeah. Sometimes I do wonder how some of them can sleep at night. <laughs> so mm. that is that is a big endorsement.
2: Exactly, um and it's funny that we work so hard to get a degree and we treat our uh, students with such compassion, and then you get to that hall where it's very cold, it's very sterile, and it's um, you know, it's um very business and yes it is a business but also too we're dealing with people we're not dealing with numbers Mm -hmm. um and i think especially because i've been on the other end of that call i'm coming in with a unique experience where i don't want anybody to feel like they're a number and what's unique about our program is that um i stayed with you throughout your ssg career so um from the from the first time that we speak when i'm just explaining the program to you um you know, the joke that I make with the people I work with is that one t- day we'll retire on somebody's beach together. Like I'm with you throughout every step of the way. So even with onboarding, even when, if there's an issue that's popping up in your placement, you can always call me. Um, so it's not like you're just being handed off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like that because, uh, like with my students that I had before, there's consistency of care. Um, I had the benefit, and I realize not everybody has this benefit, of the six years that I had worked in that district, I was uh, with the same set of students for five years. Wow. Um, so I really do see the be- benefits of consistency of care. And so I'm with the same person. I'm working with the same clinician throughout their experience as, as with SSG. And also, too, we put in an emphasis on uh, renewal. So um, not only do we want the clinician to renew from year to year, we would like the school district to rene- renew year to year. And I think that's sort of rare in telepractice where it's um, a lot of companies will look at it as like gig work where it's like, oh, from here to the end of the school year, that's or just this maternity leave. And we do have maternity leave positions, but um, for the most part, we're looking to renew in a telecapacity from year to year. It's not like we're just going to put you here until we can get somebody in person. Um, We want our districts to have buy into the model the same way that we do. So um, that consistency of care is important to us, the way we deal with our students, and also how we
0: deal with our clinicians.
1: Sure, I like that. I like that.
0: Um, what do you think? Do you guys ha- you don't hire CFYS or do you? As so stepping
2: stones in general does have in person placements, and they also have our tele program. Uh, gotcha. For tele, we do not hire CFYS. Um, but if somebody is to see a fly and they are listening, some things that we definitely do look for is school based experience on mm-hmm. um, getting to know the IEP process. It, it's a bear. Um, <laughs> I think sure. sometimes graduate schools don't emphasize that. Mm-hmm. Um, you really are held accountable in that IEP process and there are things that can go awry in the IEP right. process. And we really want you to have context for a school based approach before transitioning to TELA. Um, so if you are in your CFY year or you're about to go into your CFY and you know that this is on your radar, um, that is something that I highly recommend doing, knowing the procedures and the timelines and the state that you're working in, especially that case management piece where um, it's on you to follow right. through with the IAP meetings and making sure yep. that everything's on time and um, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. So definitely look into that. <laughs> That's one of, I
1: think, the hardest things to do in telepractice, because a lot of times we're dropped in a district after the school year has started. We Mm -hmm. don't know all of the policies and procedures that they follow. And then it's like, here, run an IEP meeting. (laughs) Yeah, and you you just met the student. (laughs) And you just met the student. So, yeah, that is one of surprisingly one of the most challenging things about telepractice for me because I don't think it's one that people think of. I think people think about like finding materials and it being hard to keep the kids engaged, but that coordination of like getting everyone in the same place and even having like parents answer the phone when your phone number is from a different state. <laughs> it's
2: right. Exactly.
1: Really
2: exactly. And yeah, building rapport in person is difficult with parents, yeah. let alone over a teleplatform. So yeah. yeah, there are materials are on everybody's mind because we're just thinking about that therapy session, but there's so mm-hmm. much more that goes into it. And this goes beyond just advice for CFYs. A lot of folks that we're speaking to now are coming from medical placements because the folks that are um, worked in a school system right now they probably want to finish out the year a lot of people do but if somebody's transitioning from a medical setting to a school based setting they're excited because it's a tele program and they're like oh yeah i remember that from grad, uh, the IEP process from grad school mm-hmm. but you know you're having transitions with transitions on transition sauce if you're going from a medically based setting to a school based setting and then going yeah, from awesome. in person to tele mhm mhm So I, you know, because I've been on the other end of this, I really like to make sure that people are prepared. I'm not going to set you up to fail. So if you're not ready to make that transition, I'll be very transparent about that. Um, And also, too, I always encourage people to uh, have continuing ed that pertains to school-based therapy, in addition to the telepractice continuing ed. Um, If you have a local district that's willing to let you shadow. That's always good advice. But if you put in that initiative to learn, to be able to transition settings from medical to school-based, we definitely see that on our end and we definitely take that into account.
1: Yeah, that shadowing is a good idea as well.
2: Yeah, we really, the SLP community is a beautiful one. We're really here to support each other. Yeah. Um, And yeah, if you can provide that, if you are school-based SLP and you can provide that professional courtesy, that's great too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. The telepractice and CFs are hard to right. come by, and I know that Asha's kind of tied our hands with that as well. But I did see um, California uh, board is passing a rule to allow uh, telepractice for CFs as well, and it would just I think it has to be twenty percent um, in face and in-per- in person. The supervision, right, that and then the order. rest of it could be over telepractice. So I feel like there's some movement in good directions. And we know like California is probably the biggest state, <laughs> I would right. dare say, yeah. for speech language pathologists. So hopefully others follow with loosening some of those rules so it can be easier because I think it's a great experience for people in their CF to have
2: absolutely and the people i'm speaking with now that are coming out of their cf just the way that the timelines fall they were in school during the pandemic so they're coming in with that experience but as we move forward that's not going to be the case yeah so it's good that they have that that well-rounded experience um but yes even beyond the cf year if you're making that that medical to school-based transition we are not a staffing company uh, we're an education solutions company, so our mission is education based. Our agreements are with school districts, um, especially in our tele program. So that is really in candidate wise what we are looking for. We're definitely looking for people with uh good school based knowledge to carry those skills into
0: a, our tele program, right? And so, as you are doing the onboarding mm-hmm. with all of these uh, individuals that, that are coming and joining the company, what are some of the um, specific skills beyond IEP and, and having an idea of how schools work? And in terms of the technology and, and sort of actually doing telepractice, what do you see as some of the needs that are out there? Because I'm putting on my my faculty hat now and <laughs> I'm training with our, our grad students um, of how we can continue to improve and make sure they are they are ready when they eventually want to do that.
2: Um, I'm going to quote Joe Camo, who has been on your program. So he's one Mm -hmm. of our clinical managers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have clinical managers at Stepping Stones Group. Uh, These are SLPs who provide clinical knowledge and answer clinical questions that employees who are working in the schools may have, because as it turns out, you still need to learn some after your CF year. Um, You're not going to come out of your CF knowing everything, as it turns out. So um, Joe is one of the big proponent of um, the platform does not make the clinician. And being adaptable across platforms is a huge skill to have. Um, mm-hmm. So Zoom is an incredible product. It has um, annotation, um, um, shared controls, things of that nature. And other products that are out there, other teleconferencing products, don't necessarily have that. So being adaptable and doing the research as far as making the product work for you as a clinician, Um that is an incredible skill and just being adaptable in general is a, is You're an incredible right. skill on um, You know, scheduling is difficult even when you are in person, Um, but scheduling over a teleplatform, that is something that is also difficult. So just making sure that you're using all those um, interpersonal skills and building rapport and making sure to give teachers reminders because you can't just pop into their classroom and like, oh, yeah, can I get that schedule again? Because I'm trying to fit so-and-so into here, that kind of thing. Um, Being persistent uh, in your communication is definitely important. And then technology-wise, too, making sure you have a setup that you're comfortable with and knowing that setup may change. Um, right. Even on this end, I'm I'm not treating currently, um, but having three monitors, oh, two to three, game changer.
0: <laughs> oh, it is.
2: <laughs> and I have enough gamers in my life where somebody's tossing a monitor. <laughs> <Right>. So, <laughs> it, it like, I even had to pay for it. So, um, finding the technology setup that works for you. and We've all had days, right, where we're we're up to our eyeballs and we're frustrated and then something tech happens. Being sure to have your troubleshooting skills on hand and also remembering to take a breath before you employ those troubleshooting skills is always good as well. Right, And also reach out. I mean, we have clinical managers here that are willing to help and that we have um, where Support at Stepping Stones Group. So we have local clinical managers who, if you have, if you just say you're cross-licensed in a state that you're not familiar with, and you just have questions regarding timelines, that's when you would leak, uh, reach out to your local clinical manager. And then if you have like these bigger tech questions, we have national clinical managers like Joe who specialize in sort of the tech- technical aspect of things. So if you didn't have an opportunity to do uh, telepractice in grad school. These would be the people that you would reach out to and never be afraid. Again, speech pathology is a lovely community where people are willing to help.
0: And I'm trying to remember Does Do you guys have your own platform that you've developed?
2: So we use what the district is going to use. Um, there's That's a lot okay. of red tape of what districts can and cannot use. Um, right. sometimes there's some contracts that go into that. And because we're such a large uh, company, we have a lot of agreements, and so we don't wanna be caught up in the red tape of what a district can and cannot use. So you'll be using, so if the district uses Zoom, you'll be using Zoom. But what we have here that's available to all our teleclinicians is our teleporter. Um, so we've developed some resources for us um, that you can use in your your uh, session. So it's not like a teleconferencing platform, but there's still resources that you can use. Um, if the district does not provide a, a a platform for assessment, like Q Global, we'll provide that. On um, so we have resources where it's not like you have to go out and figure that out from scratch. Right. Um, we also in our teleportal have links to, you know, things like Boomcart, other other tried and true telematerials. On um, that may be obvious to somebody who has been working in a telecapacity for a while but if you are making that transition it might not be something that you've used before so we had that all in one central spot so it's not again like you're not starting from scratch um we because sometimes it's easy to become an island as a teleclinician sometimes we have meetups And those are great, too, because we have this uh, lovely exchange of ideas. In fact, in our last meetup, somebody had some questions regarding um, free to cheap AAC resources, Mm -hmm. and the community just exploded with ideas and suggestions. And not only did that happen during that conversation, we actually log all the links that are exchanged and we have that in a central spot. So, you, oh, I remember so-and-so saying something about that. And there's a place that you can go back to and um, use those resources.
0: I think that's that's really great to have that kind of resource available for everyone. Because I think, mm. sorry, um, one of the things that I think uh, does come up with my grad students who are trying to do both is making that transition. My My goal is. I want you to be equally as comfortable doing in-person as you are right. doing telepractice. And if, you know, one patient, like at the hospital where I am uh, with my students, I said if one patient that day is telepractice and then the next patient is going to come into the clinic, we have to be prepared to do both, you know. Right. And mm-hmm. and then I want you to move seamlessly between the two types of, of delivery models.
2: Um, Our favorite phrase is, it's just a screen in between. It really. Right. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. And sometimes there's a misconception like um people speak to me about flexibility and telepractice absolutely affords flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially the program that we've run. We want you accessible to the school district during the school day, even if you are working in a part-time capacity, just because, you know, Mr. Smith, who you've tried to been trying to get a hold of for three months about this IEP meeting all of a sudden shows up and, and we have to make sure we can find you. Um, right. So, you know, we do have that flexibility where you can take care of your life, but it's still just a screen in between regarding the responsibilities and obligations you do have as a professional. Um, but regarding that flexibility, I am working with somebody right now. Um, she has an adolescent son, um, who is, uh, has special needs and still requires assistance getting to the bus. So she has worked out an agreement with the school district she's working in where she's able to get them on the bus and then be in time for her next session. So that's a kind of flexibility that we're talking about yeah. where you can get your life done as well.
1: Yeah. Or for yeah. me, it works out well too. Cause I, my kids start their school starts pretty late, like at nine o'clock. But I work in California, so that works perfect because sometimes right. it's, you know, when it's eight o'clock there, it's nine o'clock here. So I can still be there for their whole school day and it fits with my kids' school days as well. So those kinds of things um are what something that's really nice about telepractice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredible life changer. I, I work with people with, um, um, ambulatory issues that just can't um be in person anymore and he, I, I've been on the phone with people in tears like I, I was ready to retire until this became a possibility for me yeah
0: I think it has been a lifesaver for a lot of people um I think I think certainly some people had bad experiences you know during you know covid uh, yeah suddenly being thrown into it without any training but that aside I think that it has Oh, also open new career paths to, for a lot of people who never really thought about it, or maybe had some experience but didn't know if they wanted to do that full time or even part time. Uh, and I think once they started to, to do it and do it from their home and have much more flexibility in their schedules, you know, I think I think we'll continue to see people that want to make that transition and and become telepractitioners.
2: Absolutely. And even looking at it from the student side, we work Mm -hmm. with some districts that are very remote. And traditionally, Mm -hmm. these are uh, districts that are underserved. Um, Some very urban communities that that just cannot staff enough people, these are traditionally underserved communities that we can now Mm -hmm. um, put qualified clinicians into those buildings. And our our mission is to transform those communities um, and transform those lives with clinicians like ourselves. So um, it's incredible that, you know, I I, I speak with, I'm I'm front-facing with the clinicians. I don't get to see the students, but just knowing that we change students' lives in that way is sort of the reason why I I show up every day.
0: Sure, sure. It's becomes a passion, right? And that's yeah. your...
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I'm still a speech pathologist through and through, so I'm a talker. And, right. Right. <laughs> and just getting to speak with clinicians all over the country. I, I work on a national team being on the telepractice team. Um, so I work with, yeah, clinicians across the country and just hearing about people's experiences and hearing about their why and why they are making this transition and why they are, you um, speech pathologists to begin with it's incredible getting those stories and it's very inspiring and uh yeah i just i just love it and sometimes we just talk about food <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure. what, what is good in your region sure. i'm there for that yeah. yeah so i have one more question for you as far as like from a recruiter standpoint what are the biggest like trends that you're seeing as far as needs that need to be filled whether it's certain states that would be good to cross-license to or certain like areas of expertise that you guys are always needing? Um, What can people like look for?
2: You know, as far as specific region, it really does change. Um, You know, my personal recommendation is being licensed in three to four states. So even if you have to, you, you are licensed in a state, you're working in working in a state and something happens, you can pivot very quickly.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Also, that, too, that happened to me this past year. Um, the company I was working for lost a lot of contracts within a certain state, and I almost didn't license, renew right. my license for the other state. And if I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have had a job when the school year started. So I would second that. <laughs> and
2: it's very dysregulating when that happens, yeah. right? There's a sense of security and stability that's taken there. And it, it, it does happen. Um, We have so I'm clinician facing. There's folks that work at Stepping Stones Group that are district facing Mm -hmm. and they do an incredible job with setting the district up for telepractice. Um So not only just making sure that they have the right staff, the right equipment, but more so making sure that they have buy into the model, so they 're likely to renew year to year yeah um and then also to having the right expectations for our teleclinicians so they know exactly what it 's going to look like, so when ex- expectations are clear, that goes from the student level to the administrator level when the ex- right. expectations are clear, then things are more likely to succeed. Um, but yes, it does happen. And being licensed in multiple states, it's definitely an easy way to pivot in case something does happen. Um, also, too, a lot of people that I speak with, again, we want to have a career. Uh, it's not just a gig with us. It's a career. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been great working in this one state, but I'm really interested in working this other, in this other state because I've heard X, Y, and Z about it. That's always a good thing to have. So you're just open to different options. And it's a okay. way to change things up for yourself um so that's always a good thing to have as far as trends in um what we look for in slps again if you are transitioning settings definitely coming in with that background and even if you don't professionally have that background post-grad school um showing the initiative that you are doing continuing ed and you know possibly looking into shadow opportunities in your community um also too just Knowing that this is a program, <laughs> that this is this is not just a gig, and that you mm-hmm. are on, we really want that consistency of care and stability for our students. And so really what I look for in a candidate is somebody who is really willing to give that consistency of care.
1: So they're in it the, for the long haul as well. Exactly. Yep.
2: Exactly. I so much rather work with you on a long-term basis. Mm-hmm. Um, Than just have put a warm body in a seat. And that's that. That's not the way that I operate. It's definitely not the way that Stepping Stones Group operates.
0: Awesome. Well, Adrian, I think it's time for the most important part of the of the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. <laughs> She's <laughs> terrified. Um, we call this our moment of zen. Okay. So. I don't know if it's going to be Zenful for you, but it'd be Zenful for us. How's that sound? All right. Such oh, a word. I'm happy to help. <laughs> um, so we have uh, three different lists of questions, list A, B, and C. And these are just questions to get to know you a little bit better. So which list would you like, A, B, or C? Uh-huh. A for Adrian.
2: Yeah, A for Adrian is exactly what I was about to I say. Could, <laughs> I can read your
0: mind. I could read your mind. Okay, here we go. Uh what's your most treasured possession? Ooh. Ooh. Okay.
2: I have recently gotten to roller skating and I, you know, I, I, I got the 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 Walmart special, as I like to call them, skates, uh, <laughs> to start out to see if I would stick with it. And I sure did. And I still love it. It is my happy place. Uh, talking about Zen. that I go to the roller rink for Zen. And uh, I recently purchased a very nice pair of skates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i think at this point that is my most prized possession that was my
1: four-year-old's favorite christmas present she gets just got as well they're rainbow colored and they light up and she loves them and she's still scared to go anywhere but the
2: carpet on them. that (laughs) is okay (laughs) we all start somewhere (laughs) yeah yeah
0: i i still have nightmares speaking of nightmares in grad school I still mm-hmm. have nightmares of doing the Hokey Pokey at the roller rink.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's the turning that.
2: yourself around. That's Turn the hard part. I did tell you, you that. Yep, yep. yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have, uh, I have nightmares about that. <laughs> but roller skating, that's good. And your new skates. Um, next question is, what was the last TV show or movie that you streamed?
2: okay i'm a huge king of the hill fan oh. and my partner has never seen it so we're doing i think it's my third rewatch of king of the hill i go with favorites you know so, it's, it's like a warm blanket
1: <laughs> my my brother-in-law's dad actually sold propane and propane accessories
2: <laughs> <Stop it. laughs>
1: That's, so we, he would watch that show and be like oh
2: my gosh it's so my dad <laughs>
0: Little I know. It's wonderfully very wholesome funny. sometimes.
2: Yes. Yeah. talk about dedicated to profession. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I used to watch it, and I, they just kind of reminded me of my extended family. So of I, home. I, yes, <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina.
2: Yeah, that's from New Jersey too, so it's very culturally different for me. But yeah. it's it's yes. I, it, it's that dry humor that hits home. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Sure.
0: Uh, next question is: Which words or phrases do you most overuse? Ooh,
2: are we talking about like uh, crutches? Anything. <laughs> anything. Um. Historically, it's been a big one for me. So historically, X, Y, and Z has happened. That that is uh, one that I've been overusing a whole bunch. And I talk a lot in recruiting. There's there's mm-hmm. some days where I'm on the phone for eight hours. So there's just mm-hmm. I mean, as speech pathologists, we can all relate that sometimes you talk and you by the end of the day, you're not even sure what's coming out of your, <laughs> your mouth. Mm-hmm. So oh, historically yes. happens a lot. I'm a big ummer. <laughs> 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 um oh, there he goes uh yeah so so historically has been really big and oh there was another one that i said today i'm like oh you have to stop saying that um of that nature is my favorite phrase mm, of that things nature. of that nature, those are, of uh, nature. Uh, those
1: are at least like i feel like those are not ones that
2: everybody uses and they make you sound smart too <laughs> <True. You> know, <laughs> yeah that's just I, I think i heard it on another podcast and that's I, I just gra- gravitated towards it yep. and put it in my own vocabulary
0: <laughs> well with cam we're trying to work on a new new year's resolution for her to kind of clean up her her bad words that she says she, you know it's like she's like a sailor in here
2: <laughs> all the time
0: i'm from new There's- jersey
2: that's my native tongue <laughs> <laughs> so much editing that has to happen on this podcast for my language <laughs> But I haven't read the study. How... It's one of those things where I just sort of read the headline. But apparently cursing is good for your mental health. So,
0: <laughs> And, and I him being in Utah, it's like the polar opposite of. Oh, Huxi. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. OK, so next question is, if you could create one law or behavior that everyone had to do or follow, what would it be? Ooh.
2: Um, approach conversations with intention and kindness. Ooh,
0: that's a very good one. I like that.
2: Yeah, very I think good. that's uh, my New Year's resolution too. But, um, man, is, sometimes is that a tough rule to follow? Absolutely. But I think if we just uh, take a second to breathe and yeah, start with intent and kindness. that fix a lot
1: of things in this country at the moment. Everybody
2: I 100% that. agree. <laughs> Very that that taking the breath beforehand, too. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. It's just a little extra hard for people from New Jersey, right? To want <laughs> exactly, to fight first exactly. and then ask questions. And then
2: <laughs> it was actually my first day of grad school. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they have to remind yes. all of us.
0: <laughs> um, next question is Who are your heroes in life?
2: Oh, that is a good one. I will say, um, actually, this does relate to speech pathology. So Diane Paledry was one of my professors over at Montclair State. And I Mm -hmm. have to say she does encompass uh, starting conversations with intention and kindness. And she is sort of who I want to be when I grow up. Um, There are also people in this company that I, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, this is going to sound like a pitch, but it really isn't. There are people within Stepping Stones group um that really are incredibly kind and supportive and um just like speech pathology recruiting has its rough days and there are people that i can go to here uh specifically alexa and, and michelle and jess um that really just do an incredible job of providing support when you really need it the most and um those are people i just want to model myself after
0: it's wonderful yeah and if your your boss is listening. Give her a raise, Adrian. Needs a raise. <laughs> so, next question is: uh, What's the scariest thing you've ever done? And you can define scary in any way that you'd like.
2: So, um, I have to say, applying to grad school was pretty scary. Sure. Um, it was a big leap. Uh, I'm the first in my family to get a master's degree um and Rutgers I I had intentions on going to Rutgers I knew that that's where I was going that was a given but grad Mm -hmm. school you know it's it the bar is incredibly high Uh, um so it really does set you up to possibly be very disappointed and sometimes that is a struggle Mm-hmm. And the fact that I actually sent in those applications, I still look back and as scary as it was, I'm incredibly proud of myself for doing so because I wouldn't be talking to you fine folks if I didn't. Um so it I set the course for the rest of my life, even though I'm not currently treating, um, it's still something that drives me and some skills that I I use to this day. Yeah. I, I my sixth grade art teacher I, I took art after sixth grade, but a lot of us didn't have to, and he said right. This may be your last art class, but you use art every single day of your life when you pick out clothes and, and, you know, what Uh, what pen you're going to use and things of that nature and things of that nature. There it goes. Uh, (laughs) um, And that's the same thing with speech. Even though I am not currently practicing as a clinician, a lot of the conversations I have here, excuse me, and uh, even when I'm at the grocery store and, you know, there's uh, a... Uh, folks on the spectrum on um, that, that could be waiting in, fr- in front of me in line, uh, just having a gentle understanding of, you know, things like that. It, it, it's incredibly helpful. I still use my training every single day. So I am very thankful that I did the scary thing and applied to school.
1: Yeah, and I think all of that is a good message, too, for those people that are feeling, like, mm-hmm. burnt out of the clinical side of speech-language pathology and yeah. feeling like, but if I do something else, I'm going to waste my C's, and it's it's not. It's never no. is.
2: And I think uh, it, uh, there's a lot of folks that I speak to that um, use this as a la- tela as the last stop before burnout. Um, right. And you, like I said before, you still have the professional obligations of being in person, but just a screen in between. Right. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I can prevent folks from burning out in this field, I, I've done my service. I, and again, with this program that we have here, we really put up some safeguards um, against that. Can I fix education? No. Can I? Can I, can I, right. I? Man, do I wish I could. Um, but I do everything in my power to make sure that people are supported and set up in a way that doesn't prevent burnout, but it does um, really put up safeguards against it. Yeah. Great.
0: Sure. That, that's, I think it's wonderful. Um, what's your favorite journey or trip you've taken? Oh, well, wow.
2: So happy you asked. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of an avid traveler. My goal was to do seven continents in seven years before I realized oh, wow. how uh, expensive that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have managed to go to five continents and I'm happy that's to say I'll be going to Africa in a couple months. That's um, very cool. I'm going to see uh um uh, Kruger National Park and uh Victoria Falls in South Africa so I'm very excited mm-hmm. that I'm going to be able to go do that. Um yeah. but my favorite trip thus far uh, probably would be South America. So I went to Peru and Ecuador, ah. and it is just so beautiful. And um, at that point in my life, it was the farthest I've ever been away from anybody or anything I've ever known, and that has magic in itself. And I think, in addition to be just, uh, in addition to those countries just being wonderful, um, just the experience and the time of my life that I was in, it was really, really good.
0: And what did you do in Peru? Machu Picchu. Uh,
2: <laughs> that's the big one. Uh, woke up early a lot <laughs> because it's so, in uh, Ecuador, um, right. so close to the equator, it's, um, you wake up at six and the sun goes down at six. So you're ready to go to bed at about a healthy seven, eight o'clock. Um, sure. <laughs> so that was part of it. Lots of hiking. Uh, we went into the Amazon, it incredible, just, um, lush jungles where by day two of that tour everybody just sort of bites down as you're going through the jungle and you can actually perceive things that you you normally wouldn't so you can you know see animals in the trees that you normally wouldn't you would hear things that you normally wouldn't because you finally have cut off and, Uh and really tuned in and i'm um like a lot of us little a-type and sometimes I struggle with being in the moment and that was really a great opportunity to be in the moment uh the only drawback is you don't get a hot shower but it's really (laughs) really great
0: (laughs) so you have to be willing to take a few cold showers while you're there
2: yes (laughs) yeah you take a deep breath and you make it happen
0: (laughs) (laughs) do do they have elevators yet at Machu Picchu I'm just trying to (laughs)
2: no, <laughs> no, but they do have some incredible llamas. Okay, llamas. That's then I what might do. Can it. do it. I can do. It. I can their, ride a llama. That's their landscaping system. They have llamas that just munch, 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 and that's uh, how they keep the grounds.
0: Yeah, I used to have. Well, no people that had goats. Did that in South Carolina.
2: Oh that's yes, a, that's yeah. That, that's story, a big but... industry. They'll eat the poison ivy. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, exciting journey. So let's see. Um, if you could choose, if you excuse me, if you didn't choose your current profession, what would you like to try?
2: Oh well, you know, I still have that artist in me. Um, sure. I think some of the people I work with don't know this because they've just heard me on the phone. But I have pink hair. I, de- <laughs> I definitely have that c- artist. I can see thing. you
0: have a pink. You have pink hair.
2: <laughs> At this point, I'm a natural pink. Um- natural
0: pink. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a natural everyone. skin color see i'm a natural <laughs> skin color here skin wonderful
2: tone. <laughs> it looks great on you <laughs> but yeah i'm still an artist through and through so possibly i've gotten into ceramics recently um, oh that's nice yeah so probably pursuing that would be a, a passion of mine um When I was younger, one of the things that got me into painting, my mom had uh, all those holiday villages that back in the day Mm -hmm. you would have to paint it yourself. And that's how I learned how to paint. And I would love to do ceramics where um, other people can paint holiday villages, too, (laughs) because they sort of stopped doing that since the 90s. Yeah, that's
0: that's that's really cool. Um, Let's see. What's a pet peeve that you have?
2: Oh, that's a good one.
0: What really annoys you?
2: Oh, man. Uh, a pet peeve that I have. Dishes in the
0: sink. <laughs>
2: Dishes in the sink will do it.
0: Gotcha.
1: Don't come to my house.
0: <laughs> my, wa- my wife is kind of the same way. I mean, if we, she has to, has to go into the dishwasher and then.
1: It's See, I have a pet pool. peeve of not knowing whether the, the dishwasher is clean or not, so uh,
0: well, yeah, I would I... just
1: rather it sit in the sink until I'm ready to fill the whole thing.
0: <laughs> you can get one of those little magnets that, you know, you turn yeah. it over. Oh, yeah, that you flip. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you have to get everybody else on the house in the house on right. board with it, right. the, the right. system.
0: Yep. <laughs> too, too Too much. So, uh, last question is if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you enter the pearly gates? You're all welcome. Wonderful. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Short, sweet to the point.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, you're all welcome. (laughs) Yes.
0: Thank you for, for joining us. How can people reach out to you or, or the company and learn more about what you guys have to offer? Um,
2: uh, so you can absolutely reach out uh, via our website um, and then you can always email me directly. I am A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E dot D-E-W-I-T-T at S-S-G dash dash dot com. Um, but yeah, I encourage you folks to go on our website just to learn a little bit more. Um, we do have in-person placements and teleplacements, um, CFY support Um. And even we have some clinics across the country, too. So it goes beyond just telehealth. Um, we have some great stuff going on at Stepping Stones Group. And I would just love to hear from you. It, again, I love talking. So <laughs> <laughs> if you could allow me to have more conversations, I'm happy to have them.
0: Wonderful. Right? Well, thank you for joining us and and good luck with everything.
2: Uh, thank you, folks. I hope we can do this again sometime.
0: Well, that was Adrienne DeWitt from the Stepping Stones Group. Appreciate her being with us. On this episode, she discussed a lot about how she helps other people transition from one setting or one delivery model to telepractice. So, really enjoyed that. Keep up the great work that you're doing, Adrian. And thank you for joining us on this exciting episode. We will be back again next week with another really great guest. You will definitely want to hear this next guest. And if you don't mind, please leave us that five-star review. It helps us to to attract those new listeners and helps us to move up in the old rankings and, and stand out even better. So we appreciate any help you can give us in that direction. Or recommend the podcast to your friends and colleagues who you think might be interested in learning more about telepractice. And with that, thanks again for listening. Be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.